Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the podcast of thesciencefictionary.com. I'm here today with Marisha. Hello. And Daniel. Hey, everybody. And we've got, uh, we don't have a lot of news. We're kind of in the in the desert here. Yeah, uh, they're with, holding out on with us. With celebration coming up the end of this week, we may have to try to record. A special pity party episode? Well, <laughs> you know, starting Friday morning, we're going to start getting. Yay. You know, all kinds of stuff, and uh, we'll get that trailer and a title drop on Friday, probably, because I think the episode nine panel is probably, I think, I think last time it was right around noon on Friday, Mm -hmm. and I think it's about the same this time. Uh, From what I can tell, they kind of kept a really similar schedule, schedule, uh, minus having to throw in stuff for the Mandalorian and some of those things. It's going to be exciting. Like all of, all of the people that, you know, all of, all of the star Wars groups that I'm on, everybody's like, and here's my costume. It's ready for celebration. Yeah. My entire Twitter feed is, is packing. Like if if you go look at my Twitter feed right now, everybody's packing for celebration. Yeah. Like, but not us. Some of the ones that already left for celebration, which I thought was crazy, but wow. they're just like making a vacation out of it. Oh, I mean, I guess we did that when we went. We did. I mean, we went to Disney for a week before we... Uh, but, I mean, Orlando, Chicago, you know, yeah. like Disney World. It's a, yeah, it's a big difference. It's a pretty big difference. I mean, there's, yeah. some, there's some cool stuff in Chicago, but I, I don't I don't know. Chicago doesn't sound like an interesting place to me to go spend a week, but... You can go shop. Mm-hmm. It's a big city. There's I shopped a lot, a lot when I was in Chicago. It depends on what you're doing. That's you're true. But yeah, it's definitely amping up. If there's not just a crap load of nose to talk about next week, then I'll eat my hat. No, it's it's going to get, things are going to start rolling pretty good, but we'll talk a little more about, I, I've wanted to talk a little bit about kind of some of our predictions for celebration, mm. uh, but we'll do that last tonight. Um, kind of one of the things... I wanted to kick this off with tonight. Well, actually, Daniel, you said you're going to the movie tomorrow night. I assume that's to see Shazam. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We we won't talk Shazam then. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it twice. Elijah's a big fan, as we knew he would be. He oh, spent yeah. his birthday party jumping off of all of the playground equipment, trying to fly. I was really hoping Zachary Levi would see his outfit. Yeah, so cute. Actually, I need to put it on Twitter. I already posted it. But Did you? It wouldn't hurt to post it again. Yeah. I think he's probably more active on his Instagram, though. You should yeah. post it on Instagram. Yeah, he's pretty darn cute, and it, it glows. I finally, I, I made the chest plate glow. You'll be proud How to know, How did Jim. you do that? I know we talked about that like last year, trying to figure that out. Okay, so what I finally did, I bought some of those like cheap, kind of. Little flat keychain ch- lights is basically yeah. I used they, they use keychain lights um for oh, the LED backing. Light. Yeah, LED lights, and then I use like um semi translucent like file f- like folders. You know, like you buy for school, mm-hmm. and I cut those and and that's what I used for the the background. And so it, it managed to do a pretty good job diffusing the light. So I was pretty proud of it by the time I got it done. Hmm. He's pretty It does cute. look good. It Thank looks you. good. I was impressed. Thank I you. need one. You need one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need think... you to make mine with padded muscles, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could probably arrange something. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Uh, I know you generally don't ha haven't had time to watch anything. I'm assuming you probably haven't. Have you been able to stay up on uh, Into the Badlands? It's a sore subject at the moment. Oh, no. Because I have not watched any of this season yet. Look, it has been, uh, I come home, uh, basically eat something, take a shower and go to bed a lot of nights. We've been working yeah. 13 hour shifts right but weeks i just got back on a 10 hour shift so no i have it i barely turn the tv on anymore well uh one of the the first star wars thing i, I kind of wanted to get into tonight is a little bit of a weird one i think we're all gonna have basically have the same answer but we might all answer it a little bit differently bum, bum, but bum. um Dan, you got the notes didn't you daniel yeah Okay, so one of the things that I have started seeing pop up... Andrew, he keeps his, his finger on the pulse of the Twitterverse pretty closely. Mm -hmm. You know, it, well, if I had just seen this once, I'd have blown it off. But the fact that I keep seeing it over and over again, and that I saw another podcast posted about the fact he heard, overheard someone in a coffee shop having this discussion. Hmm. Right. And it seems to mostly be... I don't think there's any fans our age or older that I've seen say, you know, answer. They all answer like I suspect we will. It seems to be the younger fans that are basically indicating that Darth Vader was never redeemed. That Anakin Skywalker was never redeemed. For real? Right. I mean, come on now. Um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's just, I don't even know where to start with this. They, they don't. I mean, obviously, that you can approach this with a couple of different ways. I don't know why, first of all, anyone would have this desire to look at the story from an angle where Anakin was never redeemed. Right. So, well, it defeats if the if the story is truly the fall and redemption of Anakin Skywalker, like we were always led to believe it was. Then you're basically throwing that out. And then what is the story? Right. And that's what I was that's what I was supposed to say is obviously original intent of the people telling the story, George Lucas namely, mm -hmm. that what you see the last half hour of Return of the Jedi is Anakin's redemption. Right. That's that's his intent to the story. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who wrote the thing. Right. He's the guy who actually did, even though he didn't get the director's credit because he had hired another director, he directed Return of the Jedi for all intents and purposes. Right. This is his story. That's the story he was trying to tell. That's what happened. That's what you, that is what he's trying to lead the audience to recognize by the end of that original trilogy. Mm -hmm. So now I don't really understand why anyone has this desire to change the story. If you're going, if you're, if you want to interpret what happened that way, then you're completely defeating the purpose of the story arc. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyway, I don't know anybody even wants to entertain that idea. Like that makes the story better. I, I don't, mean, I really and, don't get it. And by the story now, arc, it's the entire story. It's not like a sort of sub arc. It's right. like it's the, the six episode story, story arc. arc of yeah. It, it just. They don't, you cannot, I don't know how you look at it any other way. It, now, if we find out something in a film coming up where we're going to go back and retcon something, that's one thing. And it won't be, it will not be a 
narrative choice I will agree with. Right. Right. Uh, uh, part of me wonders if someone's not trying to explain away the fact that we haven't seen Anakin's Force Ghost in seven and eight. Maybe. Yeah. But you know, so so that's one of those things where because we also we haven't seen anybody's Force Ghost except Yoda. Except yeah. So and you know we know at least Anakin, Yoda, Obi Wan, right. and Qui Gon all have Force Ghosts. So. Right. Because we do see Anakin's force goes immediately at the end we of do, the Jedi. Which, for right. simplicity's sake, when asked, was Anakin Skywalker redeemed? For simplicity's sake, yes, because we see his force ghost right. at the end of Return of the Jedi. As a Jedi. Right. It's like, I don't and need... This well, we, at this point, we don't think that... We don't have any reason to believe that Sith can exist as a force ghost. Right. Like right. they're, Even they're we do have examples of their spirits attaching to items or places. Right. A lot of that a lot of that is is legends now too though, so but mm-hmm. it is, but they kind of brought some of well, they've brought some of that back with uh Clone Wars with Bane mm-hmm. Darth Bane. Yeah. Bane, right. And then in But it's uh, different. Well, they're not force ghosts. It's like right. because in that scene, Darth Bane is standing there, I think it's basically his crypt. Mm-hmm. And he's confronting Yoda, and he's standing tall, and he's sort of towering you know, over him, right? Man. And get ready to fight. And Yoda says, "No, you don't exist." And mm-hmm. ultimately, Yoda just walks through him, and he disappears. So right. it's different, yeah. um, at least what we know of. And it's like in in the comic book, in the Vader comic book, the the mask that has an ancient Sith Lord, you know, some essence. Attached right. to it. And honestly, we talked about this before, where when Vader died, is it possible that... Because my first indication, my first thought when I saw Kylo talking to Vader's helmet... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that he's been communicating with someone. Yeah. And he thinks it's Anakin. And, and so maybe when Anakin died, that evil part of him Persona. is still attached to that helmet. Yeah. The part of him that was Vader, almost like he and Vader were two separate. Right. Or I'm, at least that they split when he when he came to the light at his death. I mean, I think you could make a pretty good argument that there are two distinct personas because yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think even Kylo hears Vader when he's talking to that helmet. It, it's a well. I've always assumed that it's more, most likely, a trick that's been played on him by Snoke. If he's been communicating with somebody, and even and, if and he I is, have, and if it is an some part of Vader's essence, it's not Anakin. It's not Anakin's Force Ghost. Well, like I said, I never interpreted that scene to think that Kylo was actually hearing. Anakin or Vader anyway. Right. And and, and just, a lot of people may not have. That's just the way I interpreted it. I don't know. It's one of those things. It could be either. And they've never really told us. Right. Um, but one of these tweets, this was kind of the one that made me go, okay, we need to talk about this. Because basically the person is saying, murdering your abusive master doesn't make amends for a life of murder. And Return of the Jedi's inability to recognize that always struck me as bizarre. The Last Jedi, however seemed very aware of this for Kylo killing Snoke certainly didn't redeem him um, and claiming that it's a far more complex moral story. Oh my gosh. Well, it's not, we, we, we've, we've, we've also had this discussion right? where Kylo killed Snoke. And at that moment, 
there is a turning point there. Yes. Where he can mm-hmm. make another moral decision and then mm-hmm. another one and let it snowball and work towards his redemption that way. Right. Vader didn't have the chance after killing Palpatine to show us if he could change. But right. That's, that's our, but his last act. Right. And it's, it's something, a light side like act. Right. Right. And it's, and it's beyond that because in, in doing what he did, the decision he made to essentially renounce everything he had been doing mm-hmm. and not just save his son, but to save the galaxy at this point. You know, it's a big act. It's not this very singular. It, it's this idea that bad people don't ever do good things. Mm-hmm. It's it's like bad people still do good things and bad people are often the heroes to their own people. And so it's not really a matter They're of committing that one good act. It's something that, bigger yeah. than that. And there is a story arc right now. And uh, last time I was able to be on the show we talked about shadows of vader where mm-hmm. is the the current comic book series with featured vader now that shows you who vader is through other people points of view that he interacts that with through the galaxy hmm. and oh, in right. that story yeah. the people who witness what he does on their planet and he destroys this creature that has tormented them for generations destroyed their cities basically was a giant kaiju had destroyed their cities, had the people living underground, and Vader, really in an act of self-defense, kills the thing, but they see him as a hero. They see him as a savior. Right. Which, which, you know, brings back to the point you're trying to make. So, I don't know. But it's an interesting parallel. Well, and and, and I think that that you you hit the nail on the head when you said that when Kylo killed Snoke, he had an opportunity to either make a good decision or make a bad decision following that. You yeah. know, he didn't choose to to turn his back on anything that Snoke had stood for. He decided to become the new. Right. Well, they both killed their master, but for different reasons. Right. One seeking mm-hmm. power and one to save others. Well, you could argue, though, yeah. that Kylo killed Snoke to save Ray. Now he was tired of Snoke looking it, down it, on him. Yeah. It's one of those things him back in his eyes. Well, I'm not saying that I necessarily think that I that I necessarily agree with that, but I'm just saying that you could make that argument that it was a similar decision. I think the decision there and where I would agree with you is that that Snoke is going to kill Ray or turn her is the catalyst for him going is for the catalyst for him making the decision to kill Snoke now. Still for different reasons, but he still wants Ray to live because he wants to use Ray. Right. right. It wasn't an act of right. love. And that's true. So that, that's the difference in the two. And uh, one of the reasons that I, I'm still not sure, I think that was Kylo's moment. Yeah. That's his parallel to Vader, and they took different yeah. paths. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still have really started to tend towards Kylo won't be redeemed. I mean, the thing is, at uh, this point, uh, he's he stood at that precipice. Know my position on that. I think it's better if he's not. Yeah. I think that that adds some complications to how this story wraps up. 
Yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing as long yeah. as it's handled well. Right. But I mean, he stood at if that precipice. With his redemption, I'll be pissed. Yeah. I mean, he, he, whenever he stood on that bridge with Han Solo, he had a choice to make and he made his choice. The evil one. And he made, he made an evil choice. You know, whenever he kills Snoke, he has a choice to make and he makes an evil choice. Now, that's not to say that Vader didn't make a series of evil choices as well, but he's, you don't see as many like, opportunities for him to turn back to the light that he just pushes away and i i had a thought earlier too that makes this question a little more interesting and even right now in this conversation we're looking at things in the context of light and dark good mm-hmm. and evil right black right. and white but and when in the, in the context of episode four five and six that's kind of the way the story played out it was a light side there was a dark side and you were one or the other mm-hmm. but we all know in the real world, reality is a little different. Mm-hmm. But also, even just keeping it in the in the context of Star Wars, since 4, 5, and 6, we've started in canon to explore the idea of there being some gray areas to the Force. So at, at what point do you, looking at it through that prism of things, at, at where, where do you find redemption at? How light do you have to go? You know what I mean? Like right. where... Where's that turning point at? If it's not all 100% black and white anymore, if you stop looking at it that way, then how much gray is someone allowed to have? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's an interesting question. And it it really, I guess, is a matter of what those things mean. Um, We do know that there is a price to be paid for using the dark side of the force. Right. Pablo Hidalgo explained it as, you know, described it basically people, because before The Last Jedi, I don't know if y'all remember, everybody was real hung up on Ray was going to be a great Extinguish Jedi. the Jedi Order and was going to be a great Jedi. I found a new order. And, you right. know, Pablo Which Hidalgo, who's really one of the story group members, basically said, so, so if this is a thing, then I can have all of the perks of in power of the dark side with none of the consequence. Mm-hmm. And so that that's where, yeah, I mean, you know, when you talk about Jedi, certainly there can be, and we've seen characters, not in new canon, but we saw characters in um, Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. and a couple of other books that kind of walked a line of, I'm not bad, but I'm not necessarily doing good things, but it all ultimately boiled down to a point where they had to make Mm-hmm. A decision. And maybe right. maybe it's a matter of uh, motivation because if... Well, me, it really, the whole question really boils down into the heart of what people are, are asking when they're questioning whether Vader was redeemed. And I'm just going to say it 100% for sure in this story, Vader is redeemed. You can look right. at it other ways, but the way this story is told because of what we know from the storyteller and what we see at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. Without question, Darth Vader was redeemed at the end of that story. Now, that didn't mean that he was redeemed in the eyes of... Everybody. Of, of the galaxy. Because the galaxy still hates him as the villain. The only person that saw him change... And become the person, you know, and become Anakin again. Really, was Luke. Mm-hmm. He's the only right. one that gets that gets that moment where he 
where he is gets confirmation is vindicated that this right. whole journey he's been on to save his father mm-hmm. that he was right 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 and that's really what it's about for for Luke but it's it's this idea of what is redemption it's not it doesn't have to be this thing where everybody everybody forgives, forgives me it's this moment where you know of course for a christian redemption is undeserved unwarranted and in this story we don't really have a theology of the force right so we don't you kind of have to fill it in right so it's it's this moment where he made this decision and was redeemed whether we agree with it or not you know whether we agree with whether he should be forgiven or not and that's the question is like he doesn't necessarily deserve the forgiveness mm-hmm. but he was definitely redeemed right and that that kind of answers the question that like you said your buddy overheard the conversation in the coffee shop like no killing your evil master doesn't it doesn't forgive a lifetime of murder but that doesn't mean you can't find redemption in it right. there's a difference right well and it's a personal thing i think for vader it's a it's a choice that he makes right that when he got the opportunity to see what kind of life he was going to live after that moment right we've seen the kind of choices kylo still makes right and i think that the fact that we see him as a light side force ghost i think is an indication that he had made the decision to make different decisions and just happened to die in the process if that makes sense. I don't understand, though, like, what the argument even is. Like, do we think that Vader deserves to be redeemed? That's the discussion. But, like, Vader was never redeemed? That's stupid. It just is completely inconsistent with the story. Right. And I, that's what I just kind of wondered. Like, I kind of wanted to see what y'all's thoughts and insights were into where that argument is coming from. And is it somehow related to this desire to have Kylo Ren redeemed? And that his story needs to somehow be different. Yeah, no, it's 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 kind of like it's it's kind of like this um, this moment on Twitter when J.K. Rowling was talking about Snape and Snape being a complex character and he done all these things, but he died to save the Wizarding World. And somebody commented on her post and said, "No, Snape died to clear his conscience." And somebody else, the next poster was, you do realize she wrote the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she, she's the one who knows what his motivations were. And it's the same, it's the same thing here. If, right. if, that's, if that's what the filmmaker's intent for the story was, and that's what they intended for us as the audience yeah. to read into that moment, then that's what it is. Yeah. And it's not far-fetched. Like, you can absolutely see it and justify it. And I don't... I'm like Marissa. I've got no clue why people are even arguing about this. No, it's it's one of those things that I never, I, I don't even know where the question comes from. It's not certainly not something I ever questioned. I mean, it, it's spelled out pretty simply. Um, is it maybe just kind of a a reaction to is is it maybe some kind of reaction to social or political movements that you don't get just to decide that oh I shouldn't have done those things and it doesn't matter now. Maybe that's has I don't something know. to do I mean, with it. May just be a reflection of parts of society where if you've done bad things, you don't deserve to be forgiven. Um, because yeah, but who's going to des- does? I mean, 
how but, many but different, different versions than, of bad things do we have? Yeah, Everybody's got to some as a difference in forgiveness and redemption anyway. Right. You don't have to have one to get the other. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So other stuff going on is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> uh, there's been a little bit of stuff about the Mandalorian. Yay. I'm pretty excited about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I'm mostly excited about anything that says Star Wars in front of it, but you know. The, the new rumors, of course, we already had, we had a picture a few weeks back of Taika Waititi in the recording booth. Yeah. Uh, recording for a character. And initially it was, oh, he's recording IG-88. And then it was, they kind of, some people backpedaled and said, no, he's voicing a different IG droid. And Favreau pretty much confirmed the other day that uh, that Watiti is definitely voicing IG-88. Right. And I, I'm still, I, I, I can't like quite get my circle. head around it because <laughs> I, I just hear Korg. But it's it's kind of weird because it seems like a weird choice because I, it's not really like IG-88 is this robot built to kill people. Well, and it, yeah, it's, uh, you can be, there are, there are droids. Well, we had droids the in the Dr. past. Affleck. Right. The doctor, the doctor Afro books have these insane murderous droids, and they are freaking hilarious. Right. And we had so, the HK droid, and uh, the HK droids that were in Knights of the Old Republic were kind of the same way, where they were they were definitely built to kill people, but they were. It, it's because they're the things they say. There's no emotion or feeling behind it, and right. it makes things come across really, just in a really weird way. Yeah. Um, like the HK droid. One of them, in the, I think in the first Night's Old Republic, just referred to people as meat bags. <laughs> I remember that, actually. Well, if, if we're going for a similar kind of effect that, like I said, the droids from Dr. Afro get, and I do think Taika Waititi is hilarious. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely think it's going to add something to the show. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really definitely curious now to see exactly how that's gonna that's gonna go it makes it more interesting so are, are we i don't even know if i want to bring this up are, are we taking this news that the other bounty hunters from empire strikes back are in this or in this show this bosk is said to be back uh, i mean like taking any of this as any hint that maybe this is gonna be a surprise that it is boba i mean other than the fact that we've We've already seen what Boba Django fit and the it, Boba Fett would look like because now we've got a different actor. But it, I don't know. It's it, kind of is weird to me that these bounty hunters are in this show when they had a connection to Boba, and this is a different dude in Mandalorian armor. It's like, yeah, huh? That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a it's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think our main character is going to be, I, you know, I think our main character is a different character. I don't think our main character is well, Boba Fett. I, I but know, I, it's, it's just weird to me, like, why what, how mm-hmm. many different guys in Mandalorian armor can these same group of bounty hunters keep piling around with? Well, yeah, that's true. Although we don't know in what capacity. I don't know if you remember, we heard some really early rumors on the Mandalorian that part of the story and we don't know i hadn't heard anything else on this rumor but there were some early rumors that 
the synopsis for this was basically that the Mandalorian, our main character, is sent to kill a target uh, who happens to be a child, and he decides not to do it. So if he's decided to protect, if that is actually where the story is going, and he's decided to protect the target, then it makes sense that other bounty hunters would come looking. Looking for it. Right. But the, and the description here, though, speculates that IG-88 is going to be kind of like a sidekick to our character, right? So, Yeah, it looks like IG-88. That's the, that's the kind of the indication that we've gotten is that he's going to be some sort of sidekick character. So, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, we know there's some other stuff going on where I expect that we're going to see from things we've heard that there are going to be a number of Mandalorians in this show. And they talk about a whole you know, like an enclave of Mandalorians living on this planet. Right. So I still, my hope in this would, that it would be a way to give us some answers to Boba Fett's story. So I'm not sure where they're, they're going with it and who would, it, I, you know, there hasn't been any indication that, that either of the Boba Fett or that the Django actor or the Boba Fett actor, either one have been on, on set at any point. And it, it, honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, Daniel Logan could play Boba Fett if they decided to do Boba Fett now. But honestly, after seeing Tim Morrison in, in Aquaman recently, I think he could probably still pull off the younger character. Yeah, he's still, yeah, I think so too. And what is actually, let me think for a minute. If Boba was 10 at the time of Attack of the Clones? Yeah, about. So... So you have like so seventeen years, years in between. Well, there's seventeen. Well, there's three years with between attack and uh, right. So you're about twenty years just to get to episode four. About thirty now. So yeah, okay. I had to do the math. Right. So yeah, I, I'm really not sure, but having all of these characters that we know that are rumored, um, I don't remember who Abosk, uh, Forlom. Uh, was who else was was rumored? Was Zuckus one of the ones that's rumored? Yeah, they are saying Zuckus. Yes. Okay, so you know we have these familiar characters that we know because of their relation to Boba Fett in that scene in Empire Strikes Back. Right. So you know the fact that if all these characters really are showing up, then maybe Boba shows up. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be Boba Fett for Boba Fett to be. Well, this story could serve to tell us what happened to Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And if he is still around, then you maybe go from there and do, do a Boba Fett story. Yeah. I mean, but like in Return of the Jedi, it was like they were competing bounty hunters. Darth Vader brought them all together. Right. I'll go find Han Solo. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what are the odds of that same group of bounty hunters being together again, much less with a different guy with Mandalorian armor. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They had to have been gathered together to go after. That's what I'm the... saying though. That happened twice. Maybe this is what the empire does. Maybe the empire just, you well, know, this is post empire gets, although we do know there are stormtroopers around. I mean, so maybe it's just something that they've kind of have done, been like, all right, put out a call to the bounty hunters. Well, if we're on Tatooine, it doesn't have to even be Empire. It could be the Huts. We'll have to see how well they make it work. I mean, I'm sure they've got it figured out. We're just sitting here 
I don't, I don't know. We're just trying to figure it out ahead of time so we can say, I knew it. Oh, yeah. Well, I you know, knew if, it. if we weren't, if, if we didn't uh, spend most of our time speculating about this crap, we wouldn't be on here, right? So It's true. What would we do with our time if we didn't speculate about Star Wars? Oh, and uh, Dengar is also back, apparently. I don't know who these people are. You do. These are all the bounty hunters that were on the... Yeah, yeah. I just don't know which ones are which. I don't know what their names well, are. Well, Dengar is the one that looks exactly like the desert people in Dune are described. <laughs> okay. And it's, I don't think it's any accident that his name is Dengar, and I honestly think that it's a reference to Stilgar from Dune. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he wears clothes that are basically just like what's described. From, from Arrakis. Right. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Those, those will be... Does he have glowy blue eyes? No. Well, not that they've told. We've never seen Dengar up close. Okay. Uh, basically in empire it, it's kind of crazy and we talked about this before that it's kind of crazy that all these characters that were just in a shot right in the background on a bridge of a star destroyer uh-huh. became like everybody knows who you know those characters names and that's Selena bizarre knows who they all are you know it's one of those things that you go only star wars because yeah. in most things you have these characters standing around the back and nobody cares yeah. But in Star Wars, it's like turns out you people see a care about Lord the... of the Rings like that. Yeah. I was on. I was looking up something on. I don't remember some kind of deep cut question, and I discovered that there are people like who do stuff like this with Lord of the Rings movies. Who knew? I guess it shouldn't <laughs> be a surprise. It takes a special kind of nerd, I guess, to care who the random people on the background of a scene were. Well, the thing is, though, the thing about Star Wars is they made action figures of all those characters. That's really what we had this week. I mean, there was a little bit of a description of, oh, what's her name? The the actress that we talked about that came on for this show. Um, G- uh, Gina, Gina Carano. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of talk about some of her, some of her costumes in the show. And I, they just, but it was nothing interesting, nothing, I mean, nothing interesting. Yeah. She's got long, dark hair. Well, no kidding. We've all seen Gina Carano. Right. She <laughs> has long, dark hair. She doesn't wear a, doesn't lot, wear of a lot of armor. Um, she does wear, she, uh, she wears dark gray in color with a turquoise belt and gauntlets. Okay. So she's so, not going for the Sabine look. No. You know, so we got to see what she is. Because we had kind of, or at least I had kind of thought maybe she was a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool i mean doesn't sound like a mandalorian yeah probably not um we'll see i'm very interested and i'm very interested in seeing what they're going to show for this celebration celebration. yeah yep it's going to be interesting well of course in other news ryan johnson was interviewed last week that's pretty much uh, the only other thing i heard about star wars right yeah i mean that was about the only other thing out there was he was interviewed and of course the Everybody that interviews Ryan Johnson now asks, you know, how are you going to feel if J.J. Abrams retcons what you did with Ray? And he basically just gives the same answer. He says, I hope he makes the story he wants to make. And I'm going to go and enjoy it and go to the movies because that's what I want to do. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's pretty much exactly. Neither one of them are ever going to talk bad about the other. Uh Uh-uh. They may hate each other in real life for what they did to yeah, the story, but, but we're never going to know. They're never going to say it in an interview. They're, the thing is, is whatever you think about either one of them's 
directing and story writing abilities. They're both class acts as far as mm-hmm. you know Hollywood directors go. They're they're not they're not out there to to take shots at each other. Yeah, there are um, certain things about episode eight that I don't like. We're not gonna rehash all this again. As far as these two guys as filmmakers, I'm actually fans of both of them. Yeah, no, they're they're like, both good. They're both good storytellers. You know, but whatever. I mean, I still, I mean, never, even though they're, they're right. Because the thing with they're eight is there's things that I don't love about eight, but if you just take it off by itself and out of the background of star Wars and go, eh, it's a good movie. Yeah. You know, it's well-written. It's, but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's pretty. The problems were where it didn't connect some dots and we may get those dots connected in nine. Um, which the we've all, where it really didn't fit the, I mean, you just, never mind. <laughs> there are parts of the lore and parts of what we know about certain characters, motivations right. and things like that, that he just completely ignored. Yeah. yeah. Now that being said, is it a really good sci-fi film? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like you just said, if we could take it out of the scope of star Wars, yeah. I would enjoy the hell out of that movie. One of the things, one of the rumors we had, Daniel, I don't know if you've been on, I think we talked about this when you and David were on a couple of weeks ago. There is some rumor that something is going in, that a movie is going into production late summer or in the fall this, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all indications are that it is the Benioff and Weiss project project whether it be a single movie or a trilogy mm-hmm. nobody's right. really giving a real clear answer on that yet mm-hmm. um but in this interview ryan johnson talked about they asked him about doing star wars and you know he's basically saying his next project is star his wars, star wars. His, his star wars project hmm. so to me that says because he's still got to sit i mean he just finished up filming his new movie his small movie knives out Mm-hmm. Right. And so that seems to line up correctly with if one movie goes into production this fall, I believe it'll release December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And that leaves him open to basically come along six, eight months behind right. and start about the time they wrap filming theirs. Mm-hmm. He'll start, start next one. filming his. And so it looks to me because I don't I don't believe this would be his next project if it's a year down the road or two years down the road before filming is going to start. Right. So right. you would think it would be no later than a twenty one release. Right. So I mean, it looks to me like if 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 this is his next project, then I think we're looking at the December twenty twenty one movie Wars being movie, yeah. whatever Ryan Johnson's first movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it looks like if if. Dan and Dave's is a trilogy, which I believe it is. I, I yeah. It's, I mean, it's a trilogy. We're going to hopscotch the trilogies. That's what it looks that's, like. That's it looks kind of like. supposed to be. Like, that's when I think you confuse. Yep, your casual movie the general audience. It I, works. It, the way they've done it so far, saga film, standalone, saga film, standalone. That works. And, you, cause you're, and you're numbered them, seven, eight, and nine. You know mm-hmm. which one's going to come after the other ones. Right. right. The standalone films have separate standalone names. People know what they're getting. 
right. when you start hopscotching these two trilogies, how are you going to differentiate them? And I, I, I'm just worried about how they, and oh, I yeah. hope it's thought into how they're not going to confuse a general audience. Yeah. If they think the one that comes in 2021 is the sequel to the one we got in 2020, but it's not. It's actually the start of a whole new story. What? Right. right. Yeah. What I would actually like to see them do is basically if Benioff and Weiss were to get a trilogy in theory, but, you know, a trilogy, but just meaning that they're going to make three movies. They don't necessarily have that, to be a story. That it's maybe, maybe that's where, if they really are doing Old Republic, then maybe you let them tell maybe three. Do the three standalones? Yeah. I mean, do three standalones and pull some of the bigger stories from the old Republic era, so so that there's some there's some continuity in the feel, so that they're kind of working in this one era, but not telling one story. But that it's not one long story arc, and you let those stand in between the Ryan Johnson films. Has it, I don't know if that's. I, that's do we just know for sure total, that Ryan Johnson's project is a trilogy? Is that officially the Ryan official? Johnson thing? We were told that it was a trilogy. Okay. They said yep. up front. I mean, that's the thing is I still think Benioff and Weiss are doing a trilogy because, but there's been this weird back and forth on what exactly their project is. Hmm. So unless they're really hoping or are really prepared to do the marketing to help people differentiate these eras. And it's one of those things. It's almost like you feel like maybe you'd be better off like dropping trilogy from your terminology and make character films but you know I, I don't know i mean they don't want to copy the marvel model exactly right but there's some credence to that model well you know and i heard people complain whenever rogue one came out after episode seven like well, wait a minute especially people who weren't really paying close attention and they just saw another dark-haired girl yeah and, that, and that's Leading the thing, I mean, that's what Daniel's talking about. I mean, there were a right. lot of people that really did not understand where Rogue One fit in the story. Yeah, so... I think especially for younger fans that it really right. was like, wait... Or, or fans who just, you know, go to the movies occasionally were like, well, wait a minute, did we just see... Well, what's the deal with this? So I thought this was a different girl. Wait a minute, what do you think? What do you mean she's dead? I thought she was in the next movie. So, <laughs> obviously, we didn't have that problem because, you know... We obsess, right. but less obsessive people, you know, they still want less obsessive people to come to the movies. More people should listen to our podcast. Right. And then they would know. <laughs> so while we're here, folks. <laughs> to help you differentiate what's happening next in the Star Wars movies. All right. So that's really the last thing we've got. Oh, what like about said, your Twitter poll? Oh, yeah. Let me see what's going on with the Twitter poll. I posted it a little late, so it doesn't have a whole lot of votes. But since we're fixing to talk about celebration, I asked on Twitter a little while ago what people were looking the most forward to at celebration. And I gave a few options and just told them to post if it was something different. Uh, the options I gave were panels, cosplay, autographs, and photo ops, or the Episode Nine trailer. And the episode nine trailer far and away is what people yeah. are excited about. So what percentage do we have voting for episode nine trailer? Uh, 65%. Okay. Yeah, it wins. You know, see, if I had posted it, all the people have been most excited about cosplays because that's what all of my people I do. Mean, I mean, I, the thing is, and I, I think this is true of a lot of people that go to Celebration because I've talked to a lot of people that are excited or going, wanted to know if we were coming. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, sorry, you know, we're not, we're not coming, unfortunately. And, um, all of them are, and I said, but we are doing this con and this con later this year, if y'all can make it to that and, uh, or, or ever wanted to come, you know, dragon cons awesome. And they're like, well, this is really the only con we've ever gone to. And that's what I'm finding is that this is something uh, different. And a lot of the people that go to these are not necessarily con goers. Interesting. Um, right. Whereas most of the cosplayers are, because this I mean, is one of the me, things they're I'm doing. I'm super excited, and, and sit, since I'm going to be sitting home, mm-hmm. I, I am most excited about the episode nine trailer because yeah. I'm going to get that, and I'm going to watch it, it over and over and over again on my big screen TV. Right, and I'm going to be super excited. I'm going to get a better view of it than they're going to get wherever they're watching it. Right, but if you were but going, but if I were there, it would be all about the panels yeah. because you—that's the thing at cons that you can't get at home. Right. You can watch it, but it's not the same as sitting there. Now, there is something to watching that trailer with 50,000 other Star Wars fans. Right. That's pretty intense. But it's it's a moment. It's two minutes, and it's, and it's gone. Over, yeah. And so, really, for me, the, the panels, and to an extent, the, the photo, the autographs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, See, I've gotten to meet is- some really cool people. I was... You know, we we got to we've gotten to meet some really cool people. Yeah, we really um, have doing that. And well, of course, the thing is, when we go to cons, Andrew goes to panels, and I usually don't because he cares more than I do. And who wants to take three children to listen to random people talk for two hours? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, the only time our kids have ever been nice about panels is at Dragon Con where they walk all day and they're like can we go in the air conditioning and sit <laughs> now they did do something really neat with the panels this year because at, at celebration orlando, orlando we didn't do panels no like i got into one i got into the secondary stage for the rebels panel right yeah but panels in orlando you had to line up overnight mm-hmm. and yeah. chicago the the place there was not going to allow it yeah. And so they went to a lottery system. You line, basically queue on, online through an app, mm-hmm. through the app, which, you know, I know some people, some people were upset about it. Some people enjoy hanging out with right. other fans and sitting in those lines all night. Right. But for, for yeah. a lot of fans, and I can, and I can certainly understand that. Um, yeah. But for other fans like us with three kids. Yeah, and that's why we didn't do like, any panels. We're not because... sitting in a line all night. Like by eight o'clock, we're like trying to get back in the hotel room. Yeah, so that kids can go to sleep, so that we're getting back to the con before noon the next day. I mean, because we had several yeah. conversations. It was like, well, in order for even just for Andrew to go to that panel, that would be me getting all the kids up, dressed, breakfast, and hauling their little tushies all the way down to the convention by myself. And so, pretty much. So it, yeah, it I'm, didn't win. I think the I think the panel lottery is a good thing. I think most people have embraced yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, there are other things. Good. Most of the people who were upset about missing out on other things have now planned big meetups at different right. bars and restaurants. Yeah. And th- that'll be a lot more fun than sitting on the convention center floor anyway. Yeah. Right. And and my thing is that there's other things I can go around and do and enjoy other than sit in that line. Sitting in a line. Or and if I miscalculated, I might be so far back in the line, I don't get in the panel anyway. Right. Yeah. When I could have been walking the floor. And yes. Just, uh, no. I mean, and how disappointing, you know. And that's the thing. 
I mean, the people who now granted they got to see John Williams, you know, walk out on the stage for the 40th anniversary panel. That was the one thing. At Star Wars Celebration, I wish I had gotten into. But they didn't get to do anything else the entire two days because they were standing in that line. You know, well, the that two was days on Friday. Before but yeah, it. they stood. They sat in line all night. They missed everything on Thursday. Yeah. And were back in line and missed everything up until almost noon on Friday. I mean, now, wow. granted, they got to see that, but that's an awful lot to miss out on, you yeah. know. And, I mean, people who were trying to get in the well, big Well, not panels, even all of them that waited in line. Some of them were on, because they had three right. stages. They all showed right. the same thing, but you had a live stage. Right. And then two stages that did live streams. Yeah. So, I mean, what, people who went to two big panels, that you could literally... That could have been your entire celebration weekend. The, the secondary stage is more fun anyway. Why is that? Because that's the one Warwick Davis hosts. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's great. And uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he was having a good good time rolling around, on a, rolling up and down the aisles on his Segway. That's great. But yeah, he anyway, has a good time for sure. So just real quick, kind of getting into here at the end of the show was wanted to just if anybody's got any predictions for celebration, it's time to put them out there. I'm making my same prediction I made for Orlando. We're getting an Obi-Wan announcement. That's what I'm going with. How about you, Daniel? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I really have any predictions. Everything's kind of, I, I mean, I don't know what else they're going to announce. They've been you, pretty open about everything that's coming up so far. Do you think we'll get an official announcement for the next movie or do they hold some stuff for D23? I mean, you've got things that like you don't, well, I mean, for episode nine, I think what, I mean, you're going to get a title drop in a trailer. Yeah. Um, as sure. far as anything coming with Benioff and Weiss or, or Ryan Johnson, I, I, I think we're probably too far away to know much about either one of those. Right. Yet. Right. It's just a question of whether or not they will announce because we've gotten all these rumors that something's going into production this year. Right. But personally, I don't think they'll but announce. It'll, it'll I, be the next film. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it'll be the next film, but it's, will they announce officially what, the, which one that is? And I don't think they will. I, I think, I think they've got enough big things to announce, especially if they do drop an Obi-Wan announcement on us. Right. So. Yeah. I don't think we get any surprises. I will say, i I am looking forward to, as if you couldn't already be excited enough for an Avengers movie. I hope that trailer. I hope that trailer runs in front of Avengers Endgame. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it will. Uh, there were some rumors that it will, and I don't. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, that seems like the the perfect. Yeah. First if you are, movie if you're to drop, it drop in. the trailer at Celebration, and then. Big screen two weeks game. later. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I think that's the perfect. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. So any uh, any guesses on a title? Hmm. Will it have the word force in it? I hope not. We ought to use that. Force Awakens. I think. Well, there's been a lot of uh, one of the one of the ones people have really latched on to is the balance or the balance of the force. And I think I think whatever the title is. I think it's they're going to deliberately fashion it after Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. I think it'll be some something reminiscent of that. The quest for more stuff. 
Probably not. <laughs> Kathleen's redemption. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was a joke, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm horrible at naming things. I'm really glad I don't have to name a Star Wars movie. Like pretty much everything that I've ever had to name, you know, projects, you know, like writing projects, I always wound up being like, hey, Andrew, why did you come up with a title for me? So. All right. Well, Daniel, had you read any additional, uh, had, have you had any chance to read any comic books? No, that, 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 no unfortunately not. I'm, uh, I'm a couple of issues behind now, some stuff that I really do enjoy reading. It's yeah. same old thing. Y'all, you're, you're lucky I had time to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to study up on today's topics as good as I did. Yeah. So we're glad you're here. You know, unfortunately, but ne- next time I'm on, I think we'll do a good long segment on some of the comics and things like that. Awesome. Well, next next Tuesday we should have plenty to talk about, and we're heading. I guess we're going to head out Friday evening and go to Lake Charles for Cyphercon since we can't go to Celebration. Yeah, it'll be fun. Not as much fun as Celebration, but it'll be fun. Let's see if there's any five o first left to go. Yeah, <laughs> we can all just stand around and be sad together. Everybody's gonna be walking around, walking around at CypherCon, just watching. Yeah, Star, Star Wars celebration, celebration information on their phones. Yeah, it'll be fun though. The kids are gonna be cute. Bye. I cannot believe all three of us ended up not being able to freaking go. And we had actually, if we will remember, we had planned on going. Like we were making plans. Yeah. To mm-hmm. Go and things just. Sorry, guys. Next time. <laughs> be there. Next oh, I'm, time. I'm going next time for sure. I just whatever I got to do, I'm going. Unless it's in Japan, and then I'm probably not going. Ooh, I Ooh might, that could be fun. Oh, it would be a lot of fun and really expensive. Yeah, if we go to Japan, we're totally not taking the kids. Well, if we didn't take the kids, we might get afford it. <laughs> Japan's on the bucket list anyway. We might as well knock uh, two things out at once. Yeah. Hey, perfect. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, they've done two in the state, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. I've I've been uh like low key harassing a couple of uh Lucasfilm folks on Twitter with my uh bring celebration to New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> I mean yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Hey, I mean, it's it's it, the the convention center's plenty big enough. You got food, you got restaurants, you've got plenty of hotel really space. Think Huge. about New Orleans. That is it is one of the last true walking cities in this country mm-hmm. yeah it everything you just said that it's right there you can park you can get to new orleans park your car for the week and forget where you left it because you're not going to need it yes it, it's the perfect place for that kind of thing yeah i'm definitely it's a wonderful with... convention. it's a wonderful event city period that's why i such more super bowls than everybody yeah yeah, yeah. i'm with you so. of course you know i'm biased on the whole new orleans thing but <laughs> And that's that's why that's our favorite convention to go to, because it's, you know, you can do things. Yeah, I, I posted it on one of them. I don't remember who I posted it on, and she just sent back, sorry, I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, unless anybody's got anything they want to add, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. I think I'm done. Yeah. All right, Marisha, what have you got online you'd like people to check out? I've got cute pictures of my kids. 
Uh, no, seriously, I've been not making Star Wars costumes this week because we're not going to celebration, but I have been doing some pretty cool projects. I made a Shazam costume for my son and he's absolutely adorable. And I made shoes this week. That was fun. So you can find me on Instagram at princesses and Padawans and also princessesandpadawans.com. Awesome. Uh, Daniel, have you got anything you want people to check out? Um, I haven't been very active lately, but I am Dan C. Peeps uh, on Twitter. Okay. And my name is Andrew Gore, and you can find me um, running the Twitter account for Coruscant Radio Underground, ScienceFictionary.com, and the kids' podcast, uh, Padawan Re- The Padawan Report. Yes. That Twitter account is at Sci underscore Fictionary. Um, we've got a little bit, we have a new article up on sciencefictionary.com, hopefully the first of, of many more to come. And we'll hope you will check that out. And until next week, may the force be with you.